Welcome to No Dunks for Friday, July 24th. I'm Tass Mouse. Alongside me through the power of technology, it's the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey yo! Hey yo! And of course, the international man of mystery, it's Lee Ellis. Friend. Man the man, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello! There he is. Here we are. Before we get into the news of the day in the NBA, we got lots to get to. More importantly, Trey Kirby, did you get, catch some fish yesterday <laughs> on the pond here in Georgia? Sad night, Tassie. No luck mm. on the pond, but, you know, uh, this is my first time really, really fishing, like, in a warm weather spot. You know, we're talking 95, 100 degrees down here in Atlanta. It's a lot different than catching the bass up there in Illinois when it's 85 and cloudy. So, you know, I got to learn my new techniques, got to learn my new patterns and, you know, maybe not go out at the hottest point of the day. Mm. I wouldn't want to be eating. I wouldn't want to be out in the sun if I didn't have eyelids, but uh, I'm confident I'll get something tonight. Yeah. So you think the fish are hitting the uh, the floor of the pond at... uh the peak heat hours <laughs> yeah yeah i think they're keeping it cool you know that's what all the the pro anglers say is that bass don't have eyelids so they're trying to hide from the sun imagine if you didn't have eyelids you wouldn't want to be out there uh you'd be in the shadows just like these guys so i don't know there's a ton of little ponds around here i'm gonna track them down and uh, hopefully i get something tonight if not over the weekend and if that doesn't happen i'm just gonna retire on monday <laughs> yeah i think i saw that uh bill dance episode where he went out in the the hot midday sun and he couldn't catch anything he's like dang gun it it's too hot out here uh fishing um, too damn high. <laughs> uh listen we're, i don't think we're really going to get into the uh the second day of scrimmages all that much you can check out thursday's show to get our take on the feel of Orlando and the games down there, but maybe we'll get into a little LeBron and that gray beard flying through two guys. Oh, wasn't uh, that for- looking beautiful, that gray beard? He's no longer hiding it. It's like, yep, I've got a big bushy beard and I've got some beautiful <laughs> grays in there. I love it. Because he was trying to he was trying to deny it there for a long time, wasn't it? We talked about this in the summer. It was yep. like whether he's using the old uh what's it called? The Miss Just, Just for, for Men. men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and finally he's decided, no, it's better to embrace the Greys. Welcome, LeBron. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't I didn't believe you because I didn't think I, I guess because he hid them so well. And and because, you know, he dyed them a little bit and looking like whenever that beard came out, it was a akimbo slice, like full black. Yeah. Uh but you're right. He's getting it on in Orlando so far with the gray beard. Uh, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that because we're going to talk about the Clippers. We're going to talk about Kevin Garnett wanting to own the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to talk about Nate Robb getting in the boxing ring. We're going to talk about Michelob Ultra becoming the official beer of the NBA league, replacing Budweiser. <laughs> we'll get to that. A lot of stories out there. So let's debate if they matter or not in addition of Is This News? First one, the Clippers are missing four rotation players. This is via the Athletics' Joe Varden. Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell have left the bubble to deal with family issues, and Ibiza Zubats and Landry Schammett just haven't even arrived yet. So no word on those two when they're showing up. So, Lee, four players missing from the Clippers' rotation. Is this news? Well, hopefully it's not uh, major news for the Clippers. Whatever the uh, guys are dealing with, uh, hopefully it's something they can take care of and get back into their team because once you leave the bubble in your return, you're going to have to quarantine for, again, a certain amount of period of time before you're allowed to join your uh, your team and go out there and playing again. 
The season we know starts next Thursday, incredibly, the resumption. So uh, there's not a whole lot of time there. But if someone has to leave for an emergency, of course, that's far more important than uh, than playing any basketball game. So you just hope everyone's safe and well there. For the Clippers, though, you know, in terms of getting prepared and ready to go out there uh, and, and to contend for a championship, it probably isn't the greatest preparation for them because, you know, they want everyone there. They need guys sort of getting familiar with each other again. So um, those eight games, those those sort of resumption regular season games, it's going to be interesting to see just how many players they have available and if so, how many minutes guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play because you know the Clippers are going to make the playoffs, obviously, um, but uh, whether or not Doc Rivers wants to sort of just ease guys in still knowing and expecting to have a long playoff run, uh, does he want to make sure that those guys don't sort of pick up any injuries by playing too many minutes in those in those pre-playoff games? So... Um, for the Clippers, a little bit of a setback, certainly only in a basketball sense, in a, in, a, in a life sense. None of that stuff really matters. But uh, hopefully for the Clippers, you know, to be in the position they're in, they can get at least uh, their best squad out there once the playoffs begin. Are you willing to lock that in, Lee, that the Clippers are going to be making the playoffs here <laughs> after those seeding games? You're really out on a limb. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's look, we're all a bit rusty on our, uh, on our, our lock-em-ins right now, but uh, <laughs> they should be fine, the Clippers. I think they'll make, if they don't make it from here, that'll be a pretty, that'll be so, that'll be like the old days of the Clippers, you know, where things just keep going wrong for them. Yeah, that would be news if they somehow <laughs> fall out of the playoffs from second in the Western Conference. But as of now, it's not news. As long as those guys make it back, things are going to be fine for the Clippers. You know, this is a team that has had Kawhi in and out of the lineup for load management, rest, whatever you want to call it. Same thing with Paul George. His season started a little bit late. They're used to uh, shuffling lineups in and out. Um, you know, that was one of my concerns with uh, the Clippers throughout the season was that They didn't always have all their guys healthy and out on the court, so maybe the chemistry wouldn't be there. Certainly, you would like to have as many games before the playoffs uh, as you can down in Orlando just to build that chemistry back up, to to build that fitness back up, to get raring to play games that actually matter. Uh, But as long as, you know, these four rotation guys, they're not the top two guys on the Clippers, so I'm not too nervous for them. But as long as they get back, I think it's all good. Uh, But if they fall out of the playoffs, we're talking something else, no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say this is news because, yeah, they're not the top two guys. And Paul George looked pretty freaking good in, in their first scrimmage. And he's playing with Kawhi Leonard. But those dudes haven't even played all that much together. Like you said, Trey, throughout the year, Paul George didn't even have a real training camp. Uh, and then he missed the first 11 games to start the season. We know Kawhi uh, managed the load all season long. And those two guys have only played 32 games together. And it feels like a Doc Rivers team, you know, he is the kind of guy that says we got to be playing great going into the postseason. Uh, wants as many reps as possible with all their guys, with their starter in Patrick Beverly, uh, Zubats who could be starting, and those other rotation guys. And... I'm just not sure how many games he's going to get. I think the hiatus hurt them. I mean, they're they're good enough to make the playoffs. They're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs, but they're they're good enough to win two rounds uh, with with this team that um, you know is going into their first postseason together. This isn't a, a a team that's had years and years of experience together. They're good enough, but I th- I think it does hurt when they get up to a Lakers team that played all year together in the conference finals. I imagine like th- this team just needs more reps. So. Yeah, Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell on July 30th when they do play the Lakers in that opening seeding game, the regular season begins again. 
those two guys may not be there. It's a four to 10 day quarantine period uh, that those guys will have to go through when they get back. I, I just want them, you know, for the sake of to get them to their best levels possible, to get as many reps as possible. And, and, and I say that thinking, who the heck knows? Maybe PG takes a game off, you know, like <laughs> yeah. these guys, these guys have just sat out so many games this season. I think 32 uh, games is just, I don't know. Can you win a championship like that? Like the hiatus hurt, I think. And, and maybe they'll have another eight together. Sure. Um, but I don't know. People turn around and say, hey, Kawhi played 60 games last year and he won a championship with the with the Raptors. Yeah, but the Raptors have been playing for years together besides Kawhi Leonard. This is a brand, fairly brand new team with, a, you know, the top two guys are new, new parts. Reggie Jackson came in at the trade deadline, took the ball out of Lou Williams' hand. They played eight games together, I think. I'm worried for this team uh, and uh, all these guys that are missing, but... I don't know. They could shut as me long, up. With. As long as they, as long as they don't fall to fourth in the Western Conference when the playoffs come, so then they won't face the Lakers until the Conference Finals. Right now, they're game and a half up on the Nuggets, and three up on the Utah Jazz, and four up on the Thunder and fifth. So basically, the Nugget, if the Clippers, you know, for whatever reason, they, you know, uh, drop a couple of games here. As long as they don't fall below third, they'll still, I think, fancy their chances of getting to the Conference Finals. Uh, before they have to face the Lakers. And that's that's probably ultimately their sort of first goal here is like, we don't want to play the Lakers until it's the conference finals. Yeah, and the Nuggets schedule is pretty tough. So I'm not yeah. sure the Nuggets can, can catch the Clippers for the two seed. But man, what a deep team this Clippers team is. Because you look at the names that are missing here, you're like Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell. They could easily be in the closing lineups for the playoffs. That could also be true for Ivica Zubats and Landry Shamit. But not having any of those guys there, they've still got enough players to field a team that's going to be competitive, even in the Western Conference. So, you know, as long as there aren't any, you know, adverse effects from missing a little bit of extra time for these four players I, I think they'll be fine but you guys are right the seeding games could certainly matter and you know it, it remains to be seen how seriously teams are taking these seeding games right like is a second seeded team really that worried about dropping to third probably not but fourth mm. certainly um yeah. so yeah we'll see how it plays out and they've yep. got Joe Kim Noah looking great out there so uh <laughs> fresh legs he's all ready to go he's oh man he's in great shape you know he wasn't just sitting at home watching Netflix during the quarantine you know that uh, these guys are taking it seriously when Joakim Noah steps up to the, the tip ball, the jump ball, to start the game against the Magic and wins it. Joakim yeah. Noah, who's barely been in the league, out jumps Nikola Vucevic by like six inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, mm-hmm. he was going after it. I, I will say, there's the few teams, I, I said we wouldn't get into the scrimmages, but we talked about LeBron, the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Clippers. I mean, they showed up to play hard in, in their first scrimmage games. And Paul George and Kawhi are on the bench, not six feet apart. I do not believe that those chairs are six feet apart. Uh, but <laughs> but they're there jawing together on the bench. They're talking about the game because I think because they still have to work a few things out between them because they yeah. haven't played that many games together. Uh, but, but they're there to win it, that's for sure. And so looking forward to... Uh, July 30th, TNT. That's uh, the, for the uh, opening night of the regular season, part of the, uh, the doubleheader. All right, next one here. Sportico with the news that Minnesota Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor is open to selling the team. 79-year-old owner has kind of flirted with it in the past, but now it sure seems like he wants to sell the team. And this is the news I want to get to. Kevin Garnett making his own news on Twitter, coming out and saying, I want to buy this team. So, Trey, is this news? 
Oh, it's definitely news. Anytime an NBA team is actually up for sale, it's going to be news because with changes at the top, there are changes the whole way down. Danny LaRue always says that ownership is the biggest competitive advantage in the NBA, and that's the case. Uh, I do love seeing KG putting the pressure on on Twitter. The guy's not a huge uh, social media user, but you know no. he's getting those retweets. He's getting those likes. The internet pressure is working. I don't know exactly how Kevin Garnett would be as a governor of a team. You know, I, I know when he retired, he had made more playing basketball than any NBA player before him. I think that's still the case. He still somehow yeah. made like 70 million more than LeBron James, who's also had an epically long career. But um, KG's got a passion for the Timberwolves. I think it'd be very cool to see him retire his own jersey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean... Anytime an NBA player owns a team, it, it seems extra cool. You know, it's Michael Jordan right now, but if we could add another guy, uh, the next guy who made a whole bunch of money, I think that looks really awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's great too, especially because he is so connected with the Timberwolves. Of course, he went and played with the Celtics and won a championship there, but you sort of just remember those first 12 years. KG was the face of that franchise, and the fact that a player wants to get back into the team, no one has any idea what type of owner he will be, but if you look around the NBA a lot of the owners aren't very good. And so, you know, they come from not necessarily a basketball background. They're a business background where they've got all this money and they go and buy a team for a hobby. And then, they, and then they, they're always trying to save money. If you look at like the situation in Phoenix, you know, they've got a terrible owner there. The Knicks have got a bad owner. So I think Kevin Garnett coming in, he understands that Minnesota is not a destination where a lot of players want to go to. But with, if he's there, perhaps he can change that. Perhaps he can convince some of the guys to go there and play. Because I think it hasn't really worked in Charlotte yet, mate. No, it ha- no, it hasn't mm-hmm. worked at all. But um, and that's you know that's one example, of course, with Michael Jordan. But we haven't had too many players go in and own a team. And 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 this is, I think, just it, it's good for the NBA to have a guy like Kevin Garnett go back in there and try to do something different because uh, Minnesota. You know, it hasn't been a very successful franchise. I mean, they made the playoffs once in the last 15 years, and uh, you, you need some fresh blood and some fresh ideas. And, and KG, we know he's passionate, so you know he's not going to just come in there and uh, and and just accept whatever's there. He's going to try to make things happen. So I, I think it's great for the NBA to have um, another uh, uh, former player as a, as an owner. I mean, I think yes, Grant Hill is a partial owner here in Atlanta. Other than that, I don't really. Um, I can't I think, think Shaq has a piece of the Kings, right? That's or right. He does, yeah, a small piece, yeah. So um, I, I think it's good to get the players in there because you know other things as well, like the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, there is always tension between the owners and the players. So the more the more players that become owners, you just assume that that sort of um, you know that that sort of situation will get better because they're coming from the players are coming from the experience of, of being in the league and understanding how that works. And now they're going to the other side where, okay, now this is the owner's angle. So uh, I, I think it's great. And I hope KG gets it. I think, uh, yeah, I think it'd be hilarious to see him, uh, you know, <laughs> raising his own jersey there, celebrating himself. <laughs> Probably put a statue of himself out the front of the arena too. Why not? You're the owner. Hires Jiggly Boy to be his GM yeah, to really exactly. build the yeah. team up. You yeah. know, come on in. He'll shake it for you. <laughs> yeah, the guy's obviously a legend. Uh, I just thought of another minority owner uh, who, who played Will Smith. He played beside Carl- <laughs> Carlton Banks when Carlton chucked that ball. Uh, he's a player. Um, is, he, yeah. is he what? I see a part owner of the Sixers. He was, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. I don't know if he sold it I don't, it or I don't not. think he still is, but uh, yeah. You never Maybe. know with these guys. Yeah, but. there's probably a lot of guys who have got some minor stake in teams. Yeah. But, uh, now, wasn't Nelly part of a team somewhere? Justin Timberlake, Grizzlies. Uh, Usher's got Usher. a little piece of yeah. the Cavs, yep. Yeah, 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 Usher, Cavs. Yeah, I could have been thinking Nelly Usher for some weird reason. Anyway, um, yeah, Kevin Garnett, he comes out on Twitter, like you said, 
Trey doesn't tweet a lot. Only got fifty five thousand followers. It's nothing. Probably made like fifty five million dollars last year. But uh, it's uh, it's a guy who obviously loves Minnesota, and and I think um, that will attract Glenn Taylor to, to Kevin Garnett because he wants undoubtedly to keep the team in Minnesota and. Mm-hmm. and uh, and people have said, like John Krasinski, who's followed the team, writes for the Athletic, has said that that will appeal to to Glenn Taylor if because they kind of both wear their heart on their sleeves. Uh, Glenn Taylor still lives in the Minnesota area, uh, so that that could work for sure. There's other uh, team or uh, a family that wants to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Wolf family that owns the Vikings to keep them around uh, the Minnesota area. That's ESPN reporting. So. I I don't know the ins and outs of a team or of people buying a million or billion dollar franchise. I I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not going to pretend that Kevin Garnett's case is the best, but yeah, when you look at it, it sort of makes sense. Uh, It's kind of hard to imagine Kevin Garnett as a hands off owner. (laughs) Uh, You know, you think he'd he'd just want to murk it up a little bit, and sometimes that's bad for a team. Uh, In MJ's case, uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's probably what's happened at times. He probably wants to get in on those transactions. Uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, you know, he it seems like he's going to want to get in there, but he probably has tons and tons of money. We saw him buy that black opal in Uncut Gems. He's got <laughs> dollars for days. So it seems like a match that's meant to be. So mm. we'll see on, on that front. Especially because uh, KG has called out the owner in the past as well. You know, like oh, they despised the, each other, yeah, yeah, for a so, long time, but they seem to have mended fences yeah, now. Yeah, and I, and I think again, if you're Glenn Taylor and you really want to do the right thing, I think the people of Minnesota would love to see KG as the owner there. I think uh, no doubt about it that that he's the he's certainly the figurehead that they would like to see there. But uh, he's got to come up with 1.2 billion. Apparently, think he can think he can uh, rattle up that sort of money, KG. I mean, you'll get other investors, but 1.2 bill. I mean. Well, I mean, after the success of Uncut Gems, he can just sell that opal, and he should sell be getting pretty opal. close. Yeah. yeah, he still has it, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, next one here: the Athletic Sham Sharanya reporting. Former NBA player Nate Robinson is scheduled to box YouTube star Logan Paul on September 12th. It's the undercard for another doozy of a fight. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is coming out of retirement. I think he fought like 15 years ago. He's going to fight Roy Jones. But first, let's talk about Nate Rob getting in the ring. Trey, is this news? Um, this will be big time news, I guess. I guess. I don't know. This will be major YouTube news uh, if Nate Robinson loses. Because, I, you know, I think that the best North American athletes in general play basketball and they play football. Nate did both of them at a high level. So if he can't beat a YouTube star in a boxing match, even if he's never once been in a boxing ring, he's going to have to give up like one of his dunk trophies. Uh, he's no longer going to be a Chicago Bulls legend. Only bad things can happen for Nate Robinson if he loses this fight. You know, Logan Paul's got a 13-year uh, youth advantage, so he'll he'll probably be a little bit fresher. But I imagine Nate is the better athlete. He's probably uh, got a little bit more muscle mass as well. My bet is Nate, but uh, if he loses, you know, I, I think he's just got to... He's got to he's got to take that L and leave the NBA world. <laughs> but Logan yeah. Paul actually did get into a boxing ring. Like he does box though. Yes, he's... that is true. But I wasn't going to go deep enough to research the highlights because I don't want to mess with my YouTube algorithm. You know, right now I'm only getting <laughs> Formula One, fishing, yoga, and Grateful Dead recommendations. I can't have the Paul brothers showing up in my channels every day. That's smart. Mm. That that is smart. Nobody likes that. 
Nobody yeah. likes getting it thrown <laughs> off like that. Lee, what do you think? Logan Paul versus Nate Robb. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I guess it's going to be uh, it's going to have a lot of eyeballs because of the uh, fame that Logan Paul has. I mean, he's he's more famous than Nate Robinson, I would say. Uh, I mean, I, I don't so. know for sure, but I would guess he is because I <laughs> I know his name. So um, <laughs> sure, I, I mean, I hope they're going to be wearing helmets. I don't know. Like it, it's 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 weird when you see people getting into a boxing ring who aren't professional fighters because it's like, man, you could really do some damage here if you. Uh, but then, but then again, maybe they can't throw punches at each other. So I'm, I'm not really <laughs> sure about this. But I'll tell you one thing. Mike Tyson has got himself in incredible shape. He's been uh, – social media has been great to him in the last few months. Have you seen him, like, working out and stuff? He's trimmed down. He's, oh, uh, he's quick. He still moves incredibly well. So that, that fight might be um, kind of interesting because it was kind of sad the way Mike Tyson's boxing career ended. He – anyone was beating him up. Like, there was a, basically as a bouncer from Ireland who just knocked him out in the end and uh, – I think that was the last fight he ever had. So, uh, yeah, he's gotten himself into better condition and he's, and, he's, and he's looking good. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the actual boxing rings. And um, But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, are people going to watch Nate, Nate Robinson and Logan Paul? Really? I mean, eight rounds? I don't know. I mean, people are going to watch Mike Tyson versus uh, Roy yeah. Jones Jr. So they're going to unintentionally watch Nate Robinson. Uh, yeah. No doubt about it. But, um yeah, I don't know. Reading this report, I couldn't believe that Tyson was only three years older than Roy Jones Jr. I yeah. thought he was like 15 years older. I yeah. guess it's just because Roy Jones had, you know, kind of a long prime, though. He fell off at the end just like Tyson did. Yeah. yeah Tyson. Tyson's 54. Uh, so I don't like watching guys who are like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of 40 or over or like 45 or over. I, I don't like seeing them get back into the ring. It's just mm-hmm. it's not fun to watch. Mm. Uh, but I've also been swayed by the the Instagram videos and the social oh, yeah. media videos. I mean, yeah, those fists are flying. Oh, and yeah. uh, uh, it's funny to see how Mike Tyson signed his contract to fight Roy Jones Jr. He was smoking a joint while he signed the contract. Uh, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's a good plan. But um, yeah, I'm watching. I, I, I'm up on this because. I'm never excited for a boxing night. And maybe it's because I'm starved for sports, but I'm watching this. I'm watching Nate Rob because I, I think also because we have a bit of a relationship with him, like knowing him, meeting him, how incredible an athlete he is. But you, like you said, Trey, definitely, definitely peak athlete. Um, he's also like six inches shorter than Logan Paul, which is weird. Uh, to do uh, maybe it's not six inches yeah that's maybe... debatable apparently there's a lot of controversy on the paul brothers height are they really over six feet or are exactly. they lying exactly because we've we've met nate rob he's listed at five <laughs> nine he's not five nine logan paul i just saw six two so I, you know i said I, I said to myself nate rob's not five nine he's five eight so he's six inches shorter but yeah i stopped myself because logan paul also probably lying Can't the weigh-ins and the measurements are must-see tv <laughs> i don't know about the fight but we got to see how tall these guys actually are all right next one here yahoo sports becky hammond coaches the spurs scrimmage lee is this news yes this was great news to see becky out there although it was probably only for one game because apparently according to uh that report uh greg popovich is going to rotate his uh, assistant coaches around particularly through these scrimmages uh so it was good to see becky got the first chance yesterday there and uh she was out there doing everything pop was sitting on the side he had a mask on he was just an observer so 
he was seeing how things were going. And, uh, it, you know, Becky's been around now for, what, f- I think fifth, five years, I think. There in, uh, she's done six seasons. It's crazy. She's done six seasons. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Um, but she hasn't yet, that I have seen anyway, been linked to any uh, serious head coaching positions in the NBA. And, and I, I would hope that, you know, she will get an interview at some point and, and someone will... Uh, you know, really give her a chance because I think as, you know, someone like Greg Popovich, who's one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen, being under her, under his guidance for these last few years, I think, you know, she's she's grown herself. She understands what it takes to coach in the NBA. And I think it would be uh, great to see a female coaching in the NBA. And Greg Popovich says it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. If you know basketball, you know basketball. And uh, I think Becky has that sort of respect from both sides too, from the, from the women's game and, of course, now being so long in the men's game that uh, she deserves a chance. So it'd be great to see. I mean, you certainly wouldn't want it to be tokenism, like we're just going to hire a woman to show that, hey, look, we're hiring a woman. But I think, uh, you know, if she's she's done her time and uh, she deserves at least to sort of take that next step where she gets an interview and, and uh, possibly consider for a head coaching role, it'd be great to see for the league. Yeah, I'm excited for that to happen whenever it does happen. It's, to me, just a matter of time. You know, a, a lot of Greg Popovich assistant coaches have been plucked to be head coaches elsewhere uh, in the NBA. I assume it'll happen for Becky Hammond as well, and that will be humongous news, and that'll be really exciting when it does happen. The question for me is, will it be the Spurs that offer her a job? I remember, Tass, you made a prediction early in the year that Tim Duncan is the one who will eventually take over for Greg Popovich. It's definitely hard to imagine Tim Duncan being employed by uh, any other organization besides the San Antonio Spurs. And he's part of this uh, head coaching rotation that we're going to be seeing in the seeding games, or, uh, or at least in the preseason games as well. So I, I don't know if they're going with, uh, if they're going to go with Hammond, if they're going to go with Duncan. Uh, they both seem like they're going to be solid choices. People are going to be excited when both of them take over uh, the head spot for whichever team it is. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know Becky Hammond's connections around the league as well, but uh, she's got, she's got the pedigree as a player. She's got the pedigree as a coach and she's got the Popovich pedigree. So somebody's going to take a chance on her at some point. That'll be awesome. Yeah. I will stick with my prediction and say that, when this bubble run is over for the Spurs and Greg Popovich's team falls out of the playoffs or doesn't make the playoffs, he'll step aside and Tim Duncan uh, will take the reins. I think Pop, it's going to be done. It's got to be done this year, next year. And it, Becky Hammond could definitely take over. Um, but either way, she's going to get a job at some point. She's putting in the time because she wants to be a head coach. I'm not sure if Tim Duncan wants to be a head coach. Yeah. I have no idea. This was his first year, right, on the bench. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the question. I, I guess if, like, like you said, Trey, there's no way he coaches anywhere else. Uh, but does he want the reins of the Spurs? And, and does he want to sit around and be an assistant for a few years? I got, I have no idea with Timmy. But like, if he came back, it just, it, he seems like the kind of guy. If he came back, that he wants to go all the way with it. But mm-hmm. he, uh, he, he did fill in for one game earlier this season, and uh, yeah. he. That's when I made very... my prediction. I was, I was yeah. riding high. Yeah, he, he, and, and then people were you know, chastising the, the Spurs and saying, well, why don't you give Becky Hammond the, the, the run as, as head coach for that game because Pop was away from the team. Yeah, but he also, Tim Duncan, didn't seem to be uh, absolutely dying to become a full-time head coach. He was like, <laughs> one game's enough for me. You know, I'm happy to just go back to being the assistant. So, yeah, it, it, it's very... I, I'm not sure Tim Duncan has got the uh, energy to maybe coach full-time for a team uh, when, when when he's in the hot seat every night. It, just doesn't sort of seem like that's uh, something he, he's he's dying to do. All right, we will get to more, including J.R. Smith not bringing enough underwear to the bubble. But first, a word from our sponsors. 
Last night, baseball came back, and I couldn't be more thrilled. (laughs) This guy loves baseball. Napping season, I call it. (laughs) There's nothing quite like drifting off in the bottom of the fourth with a bowl of popcorn resting on your gut. This year is a little different, though. A lot of new rules. No spitting, no sunflower seeds, no high fives, no fist bumps, no arguments, and of course, no fans in the stands. But you know what? There's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your own home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a chance to play risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is super easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. The other napping sport is uh, happening as well. DraftKings has plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's (laughs) tournament. God, I love a good golf nap. So refreshing. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Fellas, do you feel comfortable unveiling your summer bod? Because I do. Mine is definitely more of a dad bod, but it's as good as it's going to get because I used Manscaped's cordless trimmer. I like this trimmer. It's not big like the other one, so I can handle it because I don't have kawaii-like hands. It works out. It's nice and quiet, and it has a light. Yeah, a light. So when you're venturing into those areas of your body you rarely see, you're going down low, this light, it shows you the way. You won't get lost. No manscaping accidents for this guy. It comes with a standard little clip instead of going bald. I like that. I liked it so much. I also used it on my face. Now mm. you can decide which area I trimmed first. <laughs> the order is important. <laughs> uh, I didn't use it on my chest though, although I've heard I've heard it works for your chest as well. This is a nice little trimmer. And that light, whoo, so great. Uh, the Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer or face trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. And right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use, com- use code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, very nice bag, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20. Back to Is This News. Oh, and the perfect topic after a Manscaped ad read. This is from Spectrum Sportsnet. J.R. Smith. I didn't pack enough underwear for the Orlando campus. Trey, is this news? 
Uh, I thought this was crazy. Uh, seeing the headline, I was like, come on, man. All you got to do is take seven pairs of underwear. You've got a week's worth. Then you do laundry. You're fine. But that's exactly what J.R. Smith did. Yeah. He took a week's worth, and then he's like, oh, wait. I'm actually taking showers every single day, and I'm not putting <laughs> my old, gross underwear back on. Uh, so I guess, you know, I guess it's news. You got you to take more underwear than you're expecting when you're going to be living in a humid climate, playing sports all day. You need at least, I guess, uh, two per day, 14 mm. pairs. But the good thing for him... I don't think he's really the one doing his laundry. You know, it's not us our first year at Vegas Summer League going down and spending a couple hours in the laundry room. We're in Las Vegas, could be having the time of our lives, pumping quarters into a machine. I don't think J.R. Smith's doing that. He's sending it out. He says we got a great laundry service. They've also apparently got some sort of concierge where they can order in stuff. So I imagine, uh, you know, he's getting his manscaped right and he's getting his underwear right as well. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's not news, though, because it is J.R. Smith, so it's on brand for him. You know, something like this was was going to happen, and uh, it's happened before we've even really started playing the game. So this is uh, classic J.R.'s back in the league, and this is what we want to see. So, uh, But, yeah, I, I forgot we had to do our own laundry that first season, didn't we, in uh, in, in Vegas Summer League? That was, um, yeah, wow. Quarters wow, were a- at a premium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know what, though, like when you do – get that sort of valet laundry service. It costs like $9 for a pair of underwear anyway. Like it's about $420 for them to do your whole laundry load. Maybe JR being out of the league for a while, he's trying to save a little bit of money there. So uh, he, he can't afford to use that. He's going to have to, you know, do his own laundry there in the sink. Almost Crocodile Dundee style, you know, where he just does all his washing when he's in the bathtub at night. <laughs> Aussie style. It reminded me, uh, I had a friend in college who um, just hated to do laundry. And one one day he's like, guess it's day five for these underwear. And we're like, "What what are you talking about? That's disgusting. A, do your laundry, but B... Why don't you just wear a pair that had been worn for one day? You know, like, why don't you have a second pair that's on the second time you're wearing mm, it rather than just keeping the same one going uh, back and back and back? You don't want that kind of streak. I mean, I know I know, it's inconvenient sometimes to do your laundry, but, oh, man, come on. Five days in a row the same, or maybe not in a row. Even worse, I guess, if it's not in a row. I mean, if you're, if you're you know, adding that sort of sweat and stench over maybe a, a seven to ten day period, that's even worse. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that's your that's your own version of Stinky Pete out there, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. This guy, this guy is the Stinky Pete of my life. There's no mm. doubt. Well, there's lots of articles talking about these these smaller groups that the the NBA teams have to bring down to Orlando. They've had to had to trim guy personnel from from their groups, so people have had to multitask, and that's where I, I'm not envious of everybody working for teams because i imagine jr smith said yeah we've got a good laundry service here but i imagine it it's it's some guy unfortunately that has that's working for the team that's probably doing the laundry i mean yeah you have the uh equipment manager washing the jerseys and stuff but now he's probably got to wash jr smith's underwear (laughs) and that stinks literally i mean that's terrible that's terrible but yeah jr smith Sort of makes sense, but I'm I'm with you, Trey. I, I probably wouldn't have thought of bringing multiple underwear a day. But I, I think the smart move is if you're going for an extended period of time, like we went to Vegas for uh, you know 13, 14 days the first time, bring old underwear that you just don't want anymore that's on the verge of of being thrown out. Because I always have <laughs> underwear that I'm kind of done with, but I'm too lazy to throw out or buy new underwear. So I bring that stuff, and then after one wear, gone. 
And then just go buy new uh, new underwear because, like Lee said, I'm not paying nine dollars to do a laundry service, but I'll pay for new underwear, no problem. Jump Man, across this the street. This is something I definitely learned from traveling with you guys, you Tass and Skeets. You guys are both like so ready to take stuff that's like at the very end of its life, wear it a couple of times when you're out on the trip, and then just leave it there. Who knows what's gonna happen to it? You know, maybe <laughs> maybe the the hotel staff will come in and see uh, like a lost gem, and they're like, "Yeah, this is great. Uh, I can't wait to have this." But uh, I'm just always amazed by like you just left you just left shoes in there. You just left shoes behind. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. wear them anymore. Why not? Yeah, yeah, or or even even the 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 new ones that we get occasionally from uh, you know we're lucky enough to get some swag before you know and and some of them I'm not gonna wear. There's just no chance. <laughs> uh, but you know it's a nice little. I have a nice little vision of leaving a, a nice pair of shiny yellow Adidas Derrick Rose <laughs> shoes in a hotel room and and some of the hotel staff picks them up and gives them to somebody. It's a nice little treat for them. So that's. That's pretty cool. It's nice to find free stuff. Not free underwear, <laughs> but free shoes. Cool. Uh, all right, next one here. This is from ESPN. Victor Oladipo starts Pacers' first scrimmage, but no decision on playing the seeding games quite yet. Is this news trend? I don't know. This is just getting weirder and weirder. Like, is Victor Oladipo going to play in these seeding games? Is he going to play in the playoffs? I have no idea at this point. Nate McMillan said, we haven't talked about the start of the season. We've basically been focused for this first preseason game, and he's available tonight. But Victor Oladipo has been talking about playing during the season. So I don't necessarily buy what Nate McMillan is selling. To me, it feels like the Pacers want to put zero pressure on Oladipo. They're going to let him make the call. We're going to pay him no matter what because we want this guy to want to stay in Indiana. They're playing it the right way. I assume that Oladipo is going to play in these seeding games in the playoffs just because, you know, from – From all reports, he's been playing pretty well in their practices. He was out there starting their very first scrimmage, and, you know, he was moving okay. uh, It it seems as if his body is probably feeling a lot better than he thought it would after a few months off. So, I don't know. It's it's getting strange to hear the messaging from both sides that being Mm. like, I'm going to play. No, I'm not going to play. Actually, we haven't even thought about if he's going to (laughs) play. What is it going to be? I guess we still got, you know, a week until we really figure it out. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess that he will play if he plays in these scrimmages and feels good. I mean, why wouldn't he then at that, at that point? Uh, while he's down there, he's around the team. He has no plans on leaving while they're still competing. So I, I'm guessing it, it's definitely confusing and it's mixed messaging as the leaf blowers are coming by here. Great timing. Um, but uh, to me, it's like if he gets through this, then... Why wouldn't he just go out and at least give it a try in, in one or two of the first uh, playoff games or, or regular season games and then the playoff games? So, um, yeah, it's, it's weird because I, I when he said he wasn't going to play, I thought that's fine. You know, a guy's still sort of recovering from a nasty injury. But uh, then the whole pay situation came in, which also wasn't really that confusing because the pace has kind of just said, we're going to pay you anyway. So it's not as though he needs to play to get paid. Um, so I think, I guess it's more just a matter of how he can get through these early scrimmages and if the body's feeling good then why not go out and play i mean he's a, he's a great player when and and the paces sure could use him so um i guess he probably will if he's feeling fine yeah like a good leaf blower just suck it up and play <laughs> oh no that's a, that's a leaf sucker i guess it's not a blower um love seeing those old men in portland though take to the streets with their leaf blowers they're awesome um <laughs> I will say like, he. It, it is very strange. This this whole thing. It's like one of the stranger 
stories that we've had the last couple of years. And we've talked about, you know, the hiatus kind of hampered him. Yeah, it, it hindered his 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 growth and just the slow development. But he looked good enough in the first scrimmage game. I, I think he feels comfy enough to play in these first eight seeding games, but maybe not the playoffs. And, and that's just going to be so deflating to have him down there and then just pull the plug and say, sorry, guys. This is going to be like last year for you guys where you didn't have me in the postseason. <clears throat> I would just hope that he plays because he's got even great value as a decoy out there. Like, I know he doesn't feel 100% like Victor Oladipo, and maybe he won't come mid-August when the playoffs start, but he just gives everybody a little bit more space out there just because he's Victor Oladipo. And then you have five very capable guys uh, with you know Malcolm Brogdon who can handle... And, and TJ Warren, who can score their leading scorer, and then Sabonis and Turner as their bigs. But, uh, you know, if he doesn't want to play, then he's, he's, like you said, Trey, it's up to him, and he may pull the plug. And I think that's just, it's going to hurt his guys. It's going to hurt the momentum. And I guess I'm just being selfish. It's just going to hurt us as viewers watching the Pacers play uh, because it's going to be hard to pick them against any Eastern Conference team, even though they play hard. Uh, it's 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 going to stink. So hopefully he's out there, even as a decoy, even if he's not 100%. Because, yeah, there was possessions yesterday where he looked like Victor Oladipo smashing the Cavs in, in the in the playoffs two years ago where he'd bring the ball up, step into that three, and you can't stop it because he's that quick. But then, yeah, he got shut down a couple times uh, by defenders. So he's he's not right, but hopefully these next few weeks will make him right a little bit. Anyways, last story here from sportsbusiness.com. We're going off the floor. Michelob Ultra replaces Budweiser as the official beer of the NBA. This one's for you, Lee. Is this news? Mm. Yes, it's good news, I guess. Anything is an upgrade over Budweiser. I mean, you could dip a cup into a used toilet bowl, and that's an upgrade on Budweiser (laughs) as beer. Uh, so I haven't drunk a lot of Michelob in my time. It's uh, it, it, it's an American beer, um, and you know I don't think it's you know I haven't I haven't drunk it enough to really say what it's like. I'm guessing it's probably along the same lines as a Budweiser there, but uh, yeah, great to see Budweiser no longer in the league. It's a it's a gross beer, and uh, hopefully it's a lot of beer. If honestly though, I, you know America has got some really good beers, and I'd like to see the Monday Night Brewery take over sponsorship. They've got some incredible IPAs, great flavors. Uh, just something different, some beer that actually people will enjoy drinking, not just sort of drink because, uh, you know, a, a big beer brand has got huge market share. So I want to see some good quality beer drinking. And, uh, you know, this is the first step. I think we can still get better. I mean, get Guinness to sponsor the league. That'd be great. Everyone just <laughs> chugging on Guinness at games. I mean, it's uh, that's a beer that at least people can enjoy and have fun with. And they're, gonna, they're not going to drink it and feel like they're drinking swill. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Craig. Well, listen, Budweiser is a fine beer. Nah. There's, a big di- there's a big difference between a Budweiser and a Bud Light, which <laughs> I'm not a fan of. It's That is water. And listen, the Michelob Ultra is, is the specific uh, partner of the NBA now. Not even just Michelob. The Ultra is like the extremely light beer that mm. is being marketed towards athletes, towards like people, <laughs> your weekend warriors that... Want to have a locale option, and uh, our friends up in Toronto did a taste test uh, because you know just like everybody else, they want to be on diets and they want to be healthy. So they did a taste test of all the light beers: Michelob Ultra, Bud Light, 
Coors Light, Miller Light, and here's here's the report. Newsflash: They all taste the same. Yeah, they don't taste they don't taste like anything. Corona Light, Corona Extra, they all don't taste like anything. But 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 I think of all the ones just mentioned, Bud is the most flavorful beer. I know it doesn't really have a lot of flavor at all. But that's that's what happens when you have a light beer. But I guess that's why Michelob Ultra is kind of appealing to the NBA because it is sort of marketed towards your weekend warriors. Hey, we just had a six-mile run. Let's have this 95-calorie beer. Uh, so what do you think, JD? I, I know you I know you like the the light the light beers in terms of flavor. Yeah, well, I, lo- I like I like beer in general. Budweiser tastes like beer. Sorry, Lee. IPAs no, taste like shit. No, 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 come on. There's at least you at least you can taste them. See, Tas, Tas, you said Bud Light tastes like water. That's yeah. an insult to water. Water is fine to drink. <laughs> but 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 it, it reminds me of that um, Simpsons episode of the Duff beer where they've got the Duff, the Duff Light, and the Duff Dry, and it's all pouring exactly the same beer into all three of them. Yeah, you know? that's exactly it's, what this is. It's uh, it's the same brewery. It's the yeah, same Anheuser Busch. It's the same thing. It's just yeah. uh, the healthy choice, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. But Lee, you're a healthy guy. You're you're a person who likes uh, to watch what you're eating. Would you shotgun a Michelob Ultra for ten thousand no. retweets? <laughs> no, no, not for retweets. No, 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 not D- my thing. Disrespectful to the league, honestly, that you're yeah. saying no to that. Disrespectful to Anheuser Busch, but I'll agree with you. Budweiser to me just seems like a baseball beer. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, that's that's about right. I think. Yeah, he's sitting in the park, jumping on a hot dog, sucking on a bud. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's more suited to that, you know. And enjoying I like, a beer. I, I, I like to enjoy my beer at a game, so uh, I'm not drinking. Uh, I'm not drinking Budweiser or Coors or anything like that. No. Cause uh, Michael Cause beer. Um, yeah, the partnership begins at the Orlando campus with Michelob Ultra Courtside, which is a digital experience that la- allows fans to appear virtually inside the arena at the uh, ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. So down in these arenas, you're going to be able to be on a, a virtual board, I guess. I don't know if there's some sort of contest that Michelob Ultra is having, but... Hmm. We'd be willing to get on there. If, if, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I guess I saw like during the Lakers scrimmage last night, they would have the Lakers girls pop up on uh, the video screens after a, a basket here and there. I was watching the F1 race and they would have people just send in their videos cheering from home. They put them on like a ju- giant jumbotron. There's still something to be figured out. Um, I did like this uh, Jimmy Butler commercial that came along with it, though. He's singing along to Hall and Oates. He packed a pair of cowboy boots uh, to take to the <laughs> bubble in Orlando. And I was like, I actually believe he would do that. Uh, you know, I guess you probably got to up your sock quotient if you're taking cowboy boots. Probably a little sweaty on the feet, but uh, something that Jimmy's used to, I imagine. You're looking forward to the uh, next Grand Prix there, Trey? It's in Britain, the uh, British Grand Prix, Silverstone. Back to back at Silverstone. We got yeah. a week off here, but uh, yeah, we'll see Lewis take home a couple of more wins. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting the F one season so far. I mean, uh, only six races, isn't it? I think that's what they're doing in total. Yeah, that's a very short schedule, but I think yeah. they're trying to add races as the season goes on, based mm. on like what's open. Mm. <laughs> All right, F one talk. That's our cue. Is that JD? Uh, is that a good? Is that yeah. a good napping sport? What do you yep. think? Oh, it is a great napping sport. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's a stay in bed sport. You gotta be 
foolish to want to get up at 8 in the morning to watch cars drive around. Yeah. At least they're doing extra turns, though, not just circles. Hmm. That's, true. That's true. Yeah. NASCAR is the number one racing napping sport, I think. <laughs> uh, also a great Budweiser sport. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will be back on Monday. Jay Skeets will be back as well. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Jimmy Butler got a noise complaint in the Orlando campus because he was wearing his cowboy boots, <laughs> bouncing that ball around. We'll see you Monday.